Coco Sisters. It's the Sisters Day. Welcome everyone to our next episode of Coco Sisters. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got our queens in the house too, but before we get to our queens and our guests, um, how are you doing, Lady C? And by the way, it's the Duchess here. I know the voice sounds a little bit different, but we've been, um, or I have been, um, recovering from the C word. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say any more. I'm just going to say I'm recovering from the C word. But Lady C, how are you? Duchess, I'm well. I've got a little bit of a sore throat. I don't have the C, the C word, uh, the C-O-V-I-D word, but I do have a cold. <laughs> Um, but apart from that, you know what? I can't complain. I am excited about this episode because it's our first anniversary. Yes, we're so excited to have uh, the, some of the studio queens with us and uh, Sister in the Spotlight, who was with uh, one of our shows. Um, and we're going to hear from her in a bit. So, yes, um, I'm really happy to be here. And it's been a joy hasn't it duchess what's it been like for you i've you know what i've a year has gone pretty quickly i would say um so that's been a bit of a shocker or i as my my friends used to say shocker malocker it's one of those things isn't it <laughs> it's a shocker that the year just goes so quickly but um also i think it's an age thing i've been told the older you get it seems that the time moves pretty quickly and as I said that, one of the queens, Nicole, raised her eyebrows. Um, I'm not sure what <laughs> I was in relation to. <laughs> but yeah, but it's been great. You know, we, this started off as a, a, just a conversation, didn't it, between Lady C and the Duchess. Should we, shouldn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's gone from, I would say, strength to strength. I think it's been fantastic. It has, it really has. And somebody tagged the Coco Sisters Twitter handle the other day, and it was res- it was responding to a question, you know, what inspired you to start your podcast? And mm. they said that we had. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, wow. So, you know. Sister team. So nice. It's a sister team. It's a sister team. <laughs> Gone clear. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. It's wonderful that we inspire each other. Because you know, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So let's let's hear from our studio queens. Who we got in the house today? I'm here. It's Joyce. <laughs> wow. Don't know why you acted all shy for. Just you know, come on, studio queen Joyce. Come <laughs> I've on. just gone back to the first episode, isn't it? I'm just re-channeling that. Where really? I'm at, <laughs> where really? I was really shy and I didn't really say a lot in that. I don't remember that. Episode. I don't remember that episode at all. Remember that? No, no. <laughs> nope, nobody remembers it. Okay, cool. Delusions. That's what you call delusions. I was going to say delusions are grandeur, but let's not even go there. It's just delusional. <laughs> and we've got so our welcome lovely Joyce. Nicole. Welcome, Queen Joyce. Hi. I've been a while. It's been a while. I've missed it. So, yeah, Nicole here. So. Looking for a really good session, speaking to our queen in the spotlight. But yeah, I'm back. Oh, it's my birthday month as well. Hello, Taurus. And mine. Happy birthday. Yes. Yes. Whose birthday is it? When's yours? When's yours? Um, 22nd. Of what? This month. No. Yeah. That's me. Really? Wow. I can feel your energy. Hello, can I just say? I've also had a birthday this month. My birthday Happy was on the 3rd of April. Ooh, yeah, but the, pro- the problem is, though, you're an Aries. Yeah. And? We're Tauruses. <laughs> I'm not so got to do with the price of fish. Okay, let's just, all right, let's just that celebrate the month. so much, man. That explains so much. <laughs> let's just celebrate the month. Excuse me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm picking up like some negativity energy. here. I, yes, yes, the energy, <laughs> yes. The energy, I didn't like that. Did you hear no, that? No, I didn't. I didn't like it either. What, what is that? Yeah, but <laughs> Dion, I'm just saying. It's a sister thing. That's what it is. It's a sister thing. So, ladies, so you're going to have to explain I would like, now. Yeah, I would like, ladies, to explain so much. The, the tone. 
around the tone. The, yeah, I, the, I, the I think it must have been my voice because I wasn't implying anything negative. You said you said that you spoke <laughs> choruses, and I said that explains so much. Oh, but the tone is so much different now. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's just I think it's just coming down the wires differently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it is. I, you know I, what I mean? I, in 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 the spirit of celebration, I shall not take it any further. Since you're, I, I'm, I'm hearing the backtracking, I'm hearing the the beeping of your vehicle reversing the turn. Can I just say we are here to celebrate Coco's yes. sister's first anniversary? So let's not fall out before let's, we leave. Let's started. continue yeah. celebration of the April sisters as well as the Coco sisters. Exactly. And I will. Amen to that. And Amen and in that. the spirit of continuing, I am Dion. Um, since everyone else had introduced themselves. So back over to you, Lady C. Okay. <laughs> In the spotlight, Dion, the Torian. Um, there she <laughs> so yes, this is our first anniversary and what we thought would be really good, I mean, we're going to have our usual slots, aren't we, Duchess? We're going to have our what gets my goat, we're going to have a health tip, we're going to have a mama used to say, <laughs> and we're also going to have a political 10. But what I thought would be really good is if we think about what's happened over the past year, and my goodness, a lot has happened. If there's anything in particular that sticks out for you over the last 12 months, um, you know, what would that be? Anything that comes to light that reminds you uh, that stuck with you over the last yeah so what stood out for me was um the euros and what happened to um the young boys on on the england team and that was like literally racism live on a global stage <coughs> before our very eyes um and it just really kind of it just shone a huge spot, spotlight on it because we heard these little pockets and there's racism in football, racism in football, but you literally, just purely because they missed those penalties and how quickly the crowd turned was just... Yeah. It was, yeah. <clears throat> Bad. For me, um, I am a football fan. I actually go to games, got season tickets. Mm-hmm. I've always been alive to the fact that racism has bubbled under the surface, well, not even under the surface, to be honest. It's always been there. Um, I remember years ago when my brothers went to games before I was as interested as they were, and they used to come back and tell me about players getting bananas and coins thrown at them, black players. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always known it existed. And then throughout the development of my love for the game, I've seen things like, um, Ian Wright playing for England, and despite being the highest goal scorer in the country, being left on the bench over Gary Lineker, who was white, um, and 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 all through, and then I remember an old England manager coming out and saying that he was advised not to have too many black players in the game, but we as a people tend to be when we decide to do something and we do it well. I think we've got to a point now where there are so many ethnic minority players that are so good, it's becoming harder and harder to leave them out, which is why we've got to a point where there are so many black players in the England team, they can't be left out because they're just too good in their position. Mm. Um, so, and they're great when they're doing well, which is, our, which is the case with everything we do in life. When we're doing well, we're great and they'll give us more and more work. But I knew that when it went to penalties, you know, I was praying that it wouldn't come down to yes. a black player at the end because I knew that when they failed, that that would be the, the, the consequence. Um, mm. It wasn't a surprise to me. My, my nephews loved football and I always prayed that they wouldn't be so successful that they'd end up in the England team, which is sounds negative, but I, it's a lot to take on. Mm. I was really proud of how they, mm. um, of how they dealt with it, but I was not surprised. And that's, the, that's for me, that's part of the disappointing side of the, the whole situation. The fact that a number of us um, knew what the response or reaction would be if and when, you know, those players didn't score. You know, most people have said, actually, 
we knew that that was going to happen. It's just the level, how, how extreme was it going to get in terms of, you know, people's response and reaction in terms of them showing their level of, of racism. Mm. Um, and it's, on another level, it's disappointing that that was our expectation. Do you know what I mean? That actually, innately, we know that, that would happen because somebody missed a girl. And, and that's all it was, you know, a, a ball didn't go, do you know what I mean? A ball didn't go into the back of a net. It, it's not life or death it, when we think about it, really. It's when you're a football <laughs> Well, obviously, but yeah. my point is... No, but you know, you're there, right. There are in the... Bigger um, things in life. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just really challenging, isn't it? Queen Nicole, put your hand up. What do you, you want to say? I mean, it's not... This isn't what my standout moment, but just on the back of what you've all said is that we know that football's unforgiving. I mean, look what happened with David Beckham. They were, they were doing dolls mm. of him and burning them and saying they were going to do all sorts to his wife and children. But one thing I would say around what you guys have said around um, that being a standout moment, I would just wanted to acknowledge the love as well. Because, um, Joyce, you saying that, I remember yeah. where I was when that Monday morning, I was actually on my way to Butlin and we got mm. kicked off the train. And I remember sitting on the platform with all the England fans and reading, and because I'm in quite a few grassroots um, WhatsApp groups, because the work I do in the third sector, yeah. there would, you know, we were being told that people are spitting at black children going to school and stuff. But I remember sitting on the platform reading it and tears just flooding down my face. Wow. It was a big moment. It just reminded me of certain big things that happened in your life. Mm. But what I did, what really made it better, because I thought, God, we're going to Butlins. We're going to be yeah. probably only a few black families there. What's going to happen? Nothing happened. But what yeah. I remember is the love for Rashford, mm. the love, yeah, you know, the letter to England from their mm. manager. So there was, it was a big moment and they found out that what 99% of the tweets were based in England because they were trying to say, oh, no, it's not England. But the love that came out, you know, that they, down in Manchester where they put all the stickers up over Rashford's face. And yeah. Stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that also made me realise there is hope. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. we have racism and it's always been in football, like you said, Dion. I mean, like John Barnes days. I mean, Jamaica still loves John Barnes because he's Jamaican and, you know, he's yeah. been in Liverpool. Most Jamaicans support, a lot of Jamaicans support Liverpool for that reason. Yeah. But um, what stood out for me and what made me was hope when I saw yeah. that love and people really denouncing it, like not tokenistically, like they do in no, other I totally areas. agree. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. But that, yeah. that's, that's the journey that we've taken in that back in the day, it was fine and acceptable for you to be overtly racist. Right. Um, And now we've come to a point where we all know and recognise that in this country, racism is more covert. Mm. And a lot of those people who were um, happy to be racist in that moment and and post those sickening messages, they did so under the cover of anonymity because most, well, the majority of racists are cowards. There is a reason why the Ku Klux Klan do what they do behind the cover of a sheet. (laughs) (laughs) When people often used to say to me, oh, I'm not racist. And I I would simply respond, I've never met a racist who admits that they are. Not (laughs) even the Ku Klux Klan. If you ask them if they were... Because I've seen programmes where they've interviewed members of the Ku Klux Klan. And even if you interview them, they will tell you with a straight face that black people are less than, but they're not racist. That's just the way it is. So they don't even know, <laughs> racists do not acknowledge racism. Don't expect them to say that that is what they do. Mm. So I, yes, you're absolutely right. It's not an acceptable behavior. Nobody wants to be labeled a racist and the majority of educated people know it's not correct behavior. So there was a lot of love because people recognize that England wouldn't have got as far as they had without those same players. And I think that's where the love came from because we wouldn't have got to the final without those players especially um, Rashford and Saka. So um, the, the negative ones or the, the deluded ones who thought 1966 was going to happen again because it was never against that Italian team who hadn't lost a game. You know, we weren't going to win it. I was under no illusion that England was going to win it. Um, so um, those deluded ones who thought that they were going to be able to relive 1966, a lot of them were racist and they, they, they wanted to vent their anger and did so from the anonymity behind a keyboard. 
But like like's been said already as well, though, the you know, the manager, I guess Gareth Southgate, uh, you know, I think handled himself pretty well in, in relation to that situation. Um, you know, being upfront, being honest, being straightforward about what he felt was acceptable and unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and you know, and calling and, and calling it out. So, uh, and that's what needs to be happening more and more, isn't it? Is that um, where there's a, a global platform to call out, you know, these behaviours, that's what needs to be happening um, and happening regularly enough so that people understand that um, it's not acceptable behaviour and we're yeah. not going to put up with it anymore. But going back to what Joy said, the thing yeah. that I am the most proud of in that whole situation was how those boys conducted themselves throughout the whole competition, how they responded to the negativity. Yeah. You know, they didn't waste time responding to people. You know, they just said that they were disappointed and, you know, their, their friends as um, the, their, their teammates and the country, as Nicole alluded to, rallied around them. So there was a lot of positivity to take out of that. Yeah, there could have been a lot of slapping going on there, you know. A lot of what? <laughs> there could have been a lot of slapping going on. But I didn't want to really go there, but I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> slapping. Yeah. And, and, and can there. I just say, kicking in the chest too. Mm. It stands out. I would yes. say uh, last year, it, it wasn't a particular event. It was just lots of. I'm just seeing so many black businesses starting up and being successful. Yeah, excellent at the moment. This yes. is what is really standing out for me. Is just black talent black excellence even down to mm. this morning I've seen that there's a liquor shop in and um, Brixton that's being opened up by three black young boys and you know wow. it's just, it, I just it's just the, the hair products that are, I just feel like we're it's not that we've arrived or we're arriving but we are taking back the honestly we're coming just, into our own yeah. oh you took the words right out of my mouth Duchess. we're coming into our own that's right coming into, coming our, into own. our own and for me mm. that's what's really stood out for me there's not a time where i go on you know i don't get something in whatsapp more or or, or i see on um, the black excellence group on facebook or something but it's just that i see that we're really thinking about us and we are stepping up and we see the noise and we know the noise has been going on for centuries but we are moving moving and I'm, it's just that that black pound for me it's about yeah. that it's about that unity it's about the power is in the money and we are doing that and it's just I try and buy black wherever I can I do I go all the way to Peckham to go to little Dennis Butcher's to go and get my little salt beef and my pigtail you know and come back <laughs> and <laughs> if I can I will um but it's just it's also the um what am I trying to say the innovation that's coming out it's, yeah it's mm. the, some of the t-shirts that I see and yeah the books as well it's like god I've, my grandchild children have all their books are black I didn't have wow. that as a child it just makes all I saw was Trevor McDonald you know I like Trevor <laughs> but I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just, it's just it's just it's like they've got little books about countries all the countries in the world so they've got a little because my grandkids are half Jamaican, half Ghanaian, and half South African, half Jamaican. So it's nice that I'm learning about South Africa. I'm learning about Ghana. And it's just, it's just, yeah, the innovation. It's just, that's what stood out for me in the last year is that we are coming into our own, yeah. So and I think, been... you know, Nicole, you're, you're right on the money there. The innovation and the talent has always been there. It's just that, you know, a system has prevented us. And to some extent, we've just, we, we didn't just give ourselves permission to do it. You know, mm, I think there's mm. something around looking at someone and not trying to copy them. You know, it's not about you're just trying to be what they're doing, but it's like, you know what? Let me just let me just try this. Let me give it a go. Do you know what I mean? It's it, just mm. because someone started this business doesn't mean that you can't do McDonald's and, and Burger Absolutely. King don't care about each other. They want to do their burger business to do the burger business. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, sometimes I've I've met some people who are working for employers, and I'm like. But if you're doing the job of your boss, if you're doing the job of the CEO, why aren't you the CEO of your own business? Mm, What's stopping exactly. you from doing that? Because unless you think you're incompetent, then fine, I can understand why you... No, I don't right. think it is sometimes incompetence. I think no, we... no, no, wait, let me finish. I'm not saying that they are incompetent, but I'm saying mm. if they were incompetent, I could understand why they stay there. But the fact is they are not. They are superior in what they do, which is when I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, why are you staying here? I can that, that is a whole new podcast. But I can answer well. that question. Yeah, but it's 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 that ad it's that old adage, isn't it, around fill the fear 
and do it anyway. It is, um, but also... That can be quite difficult to feel that fear and then take that step forward. But let's just remember that when Black people were brought into, the were taken out of the, the continent and brought here, we were raised to believe that we were less than and that we should do as we were told. And, you know, even in the civil service, they, they came up with this really great mantra in the department that we worked in that said, you know, we want to grow our people. And I looked at that and thought, I don't want to be grown. I want to be empowered to grow myself. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to grow me. I want to be empowered to grow myself. And that's where the fear of going alone comes from, because we are, there is, an, a, there is a, a, a belief planted in us to believe that we cannot grow without their help. So a lot of people still have that. You know, that's what the, where the institutionalization comes in, because we believe that we cannot develop or achieve without help from others or guidance from others. And yes, you do need help and guidance from others, but you can do it in a way that a parent raises a child, where you eventually, where you're given the tools to do it yourself, but we're not given the tools to, to do it ourselves. And we're not told that we can get them for ourselves and make use of them. And that's why people are afraid. Because what you're talking, and what you're talking about, Dion, isn't it, is being enabled and empowered to be, you know, to... Yeah, because Sharon's be right. To do. There are lots of people out there and you're thinking, you're, you're doing a better job than your, your boss. Um, why, why, are you, why are you working for him? He's benefiting from you. And they just, they just don't see it because they've yeah, never been allowed to see thing. it. There's, there's a lot around limiting beliefs there, though. You know, I coach, I coach people every single day, and I think I don't think I've coached someone yet who hasn't ended up either being promoted or being developed out once they realise their own power. That's right. And, but but and 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 that's what it's about. It's that fear mm. because the, if if I was to put a pound for every time I've heard, but how am I going to pay my mortgage? That's how right. am I going to pay my rent? And that's, that's right. real. And that is absolutely real. But what? So going back to my jump out, when you see others doing it, that does empower others to follow. Mm-hmm. And like you say, Sharon, it can be, if you, you, sometimes you have an idea and you think, I thought of that. What do you mean it's on Instagram already? <laughs> but, <laughs> my idea. I want my shares. But, but it gives you that empowerment to do that. And I think everyone's in every, their own part of their own journey in terms of doing that. Then on the flip side of that, the system. The system keeps you to have this 75-year mortgage. It keeps you that you, and to pay that, you've got to be in a job. And to be yes. in a job that doesn't allow you to be an entrepreneur or to have yeah. the side hustle that we talk about and these passive incomes. But now, the younger generation and even the older generation, we're realising that we've got lots of moving parts and we can make them move simultaneously. That's right. We can that- rise. That's so you right. can be in your job and you can have a side hustle. You can do a little waxing, little eyelashes on the side or whatever it is that you do. But um, it's about that empowerment piece, I think. It's about yeah, that. It is about empowerment. The enabling as well, I think, is also important, isn't it? And where you've talked about um, Queen Nicole around, you know, you're coaching people. That enables people to, to get right. insight. It enables people to, to right. see a vision. It right. enables somebody to to dream and it empowers them then to yeah. realize that dream and some yeah. t- and that for some of us can take some time you know mm-hmm. not all of us are are, are, are quick at, at that I guess yeah and for some of us we have to build don't we we have to navigate our way through through life and the experiences mm-hmm. that we have within life um, that then helps us to see what our dream is and actually oh I could dream is mine and I can make that dream a reality um, I mean, and some and also you you might need um certain people you might need a network around you to enable you no you will need realize that, that dream yeah definitely you, de- you definitely need you definitely need your team of your inner sanctum of people that mm. wants the best for you and from you and I think you know this is something I used to tell uh, my young people is that because if you're if you're a young child, right, growing up on the streets of Tottenham or any in the London suburb where there's high, you know, social economic deprivation, and you can survive that, you can survive almost anything in the world. Amen. You can, Come on now. I would say to my teens because they said, "Ah, oh, you know what? I got I got an A in this, but I got a B in that." I said, "So you mean to tell me, despite all the gang warfare that's going on, the being stopping by the police, all the negative stuff that's said about us as a people, you still manage to go to school, hold it down, and get grades?" Right. But if you do that, 
Wow. And they said, yeah, but I didn't get as high as this. And I'm saying, you're missing the point. If you can survive that and navigate and still achieve, then you can almost do anything you set your mind to because people who have to deal with far less don't do as much. You and there are mean? people who have far more yeah. and still don't do as much. That's my point. That's what my, yeah. They have far yeah. less to contend with, yeah. is what I mean. Mm. You know the, the video where the people are doing the race and it says, step forward if you have two parents. Step yeah. forward oh, yeah. that video. And you've yeah. got people who are left behind. It shows you what they need to do to all, in order just to catch up, right? And I was to try and turn it around with some young people and saying, there is nothing stopping you from going to Cambridge mm. or Oxford. The only person that can stop you from doing that is you. If you decide you don't want to do it, but if you want to go, you can go. And it's not that I was, I just wanted them to know that they had that as an option because so many times we're told that it's not an option and it's a, it's a liar. I think it's a lie. If they don't want to go to uni, fine. But I don't want them to just rule it out simply because they've been told that they may not fit. You know? But those children have something in you that many others don't. So... Um, and that is someone who is telling them that. But that's what I'm Look, saying. Whether yeah. it's Nicole doing it through coaching or we're doing it just through encouraging another sister, that we're trying to show them that we see something. In, I can't see the amount of people that break down and cry during a coaching session. Yeah. Because I've, I've you know, you've, you've reaffirmed them or you've said, but I don't see what you're seeing. Help me to see what you see. I can't see it. I mm. can't see that you're, I could, all I see is talent and potential. And I don't understand why you can't, you know what I mean? The people say, no one's ever said that to me, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's, we play a really important role in encouraging each other. And we should never underestimate that. I think it's... I well, think that, leads, the, that leads very there. nicely exactly. into my moment over the last year. And it isn't a, I don't know if it's a world or country moment. It's my understanding as a parent, because I have an only child who tends to catastrophize if any issue is raised. Anything that happens, she thinks the worst is going to happen and it cannot be overcome. It's terrible. And um, the first thing would be her options when she got her options for um, year nine. And she looked at them and said, oh, my God, I can't do music. It's the way they've put them. I can't choose music. What, what am I going to do? And I said, well, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll sort it. I'll have a conversation. No, you won't be able to change them. And I said, no, I'm sure we'll be able to negotiate. No, you won't be able to. They won't let and I said, okay, fine. And she's done this at every, every turn. And my point is, is that um, we managed to overcome so many things just as a people where um, with just finding another way, focusing on the, the, not focusing on the issue, the, the catastrophe or whatever it is, just looking for a way to solve the problem. And I think that as a people, we tended to focus on we're focusing on the racism, not a way to overcome that, the, not a way to recognize that it's always going to exist. And so we just have to find a way through. And I remember seeing that the BBC did this program about black people today and how they deal with navigating life in the UK. And I only watched one episode because it really annoyed me because it was this man <laughs> on there saying schools are institutionally racist and our children are never going to, to get through that system because they're so racist. And I thought, well, if, if you plant that seed in your child's mind, you're right. They're, they're not going to overcome because you've told them that they're not going to. So, you know, my point is you, you have to overcome that, that understanding. You have to give them the understanding that, yes, there will be obstacles, but there's always a way to find your way through. And that's what's so nice. There's always a teaching point in every horrible thing that happens. Like George Floyd was murdered on national TV and we all saw it happen in the most horrific circumstances. But the, the, the teaching moment that came out of that is that a lot of people looked at themselves that don't look like us, looked at themselves and thought, oh my God, what have I done in life that may have contributed to that? And so many things have changed as a result of that. ITV did this huge turnaround, uh, you know, and, and a lot of their programs have got more people of color in. Um, schools are taking it more, you know, diversity and things more um, seriously. Education departments in local authorities are thinking we need more ethnic minority governors. So many things happen in life that are horrible and negative. And what I have seen over the past year is that if you just step away from the catastrophe or whatever the issue is, and try to figure out how you're going to get past it, put your energy more into how you're going to get past it, into the solution to that, that you get much better progress. And it's a lot less of a negative experience. And, and, and that's what 
I have learned over the last year. When you were saying that, for some reason, all I kept thinking was, when life goes through lemons, make lemonade. Exactly. And that, that is my, that is totally my mantra. I just... But you see, as Cocoa Sisters, we don't just stop at the lemonade. We make the lemon cake. We make the, you know, we, we stretch that lemon, man. And Kool-Aid. It. Put it in the Kool-Aid. And, we put, and the rum we punch. Just, we take that, we take those lemons and we rinse them to the max. Lemon chicken. Listen, bring it to the on. point where the lemons even become a medicine. Exactly. <laughs> and for me, what I did was I, I helped my daughter get through that. She got to mm. do her music. She did her, uh, her, her, the options that she wanted. She's doing great in her, in her um, mock exams. And now she's coaching other people on how to apply for their colleges and what subjects to apply for. So I'm, so I'm really proud Brilliant. of her. Oh, and, um, well, well done her, well done her. But yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's about not, it's trying not to get bogged down by the negativity because there's so much of it. We're mm-hmm. all, and, I, and, and when you're, when you're a person of color, when you're black, you're always going to hit that wall. You're always going to hit someone who wants to stop you. You're always going to come up against someone who's thinking, well, why is she doing that? Why mm. is he doing that? Why can't I do it? What's, you know, why are they getting that, that opportunity? And you just have to find a way to look at them and, and keep going and not let them hold you down. It's, it's hard. Wise work. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. And for me, one of the, I think for me, one of the standout um, moments of the, not not a moment, I, I guess, because it's continuing now, is the fact that um, society realised that a high percentage of individuals could work from home. Um, and I think that's quite fascinating because, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, and mainly because uh, I've worked, you know, when, when you've worked in employment for a long time, you know, you hear the same old adage, well, the job that you're doing, you know, you won't be able to work from home because of the type of work that you do. And I get it. There's a, you know, there is a percentage of, of uh, roles that are frontline. So it makes it more challenging for uh, those individuals to work from home. But actually... You know, there's at least 90% of, you know, employment now that is working from home. And I think that is fascinating. That still fascinates me now. I mean, I've been working from home for a long time. But the fact that the majority of people now are working from home, or even if, um, you know, they're having to go back into that physical working space, they're having discussions about the fact that actually I don't need to be here in that physical space five days a week. There's alternative ways that we can work uh, and alternative ways that we can work and still produce, still be productive, still be innovative, still be creative. All the things that we've been speaking about. And I think that for my, for me has been a standout where, you know, um, the society didn't come to a crashing halt as people assumed it would. Um, you know, things continued to, to, gather, um, to gather pace even, you know. Um, look, at, look at how the vaccinations um, was able to be achieved as quickly as it was, even though, you know, there are people that, are, I guess, are conspiracy theorists around <laughs> how did that happen and why did that happen? <laughs> Okay, I get that. I get that. So, but my, my point is, um, what society proved to itself is that it can still function. Um, you know, when when the chips are down, um, and we can still function in a way that actually creates uh, nuances and positive nuances that people will benefit from. And I think that's fantastic. I mean, well, no one wanted COVID nineteen. None of us did. Of course um, not. But as you say, if we look at the positive things, um, I've, I cannot tell you the number of people, especially Coco people, who have said, my God, working from home has just been a blessing. I don't have to deal with the nonsense that's going on in the office. You know, it's still coming on teams a little bit, but I don't have to deal with the foolishness <laughs> that's going on. I don't have to worry about someone doing something stupid on the tube. And I don't need that stress. All of that kind of, I can save some money from my lunch because I don't need to go to prep. Mark suspense and whatever, or any other retailer to buy my life. I could sit at home and have food from yesterday. All of these things people have said has really contributed. 
to their health and well-being in such a way now that they don't want to let that go. Mm. And how much time do you spend sitting on the train? Well, this is what I'm saying. And and that's what's caused the big resignation. The -hmm. great resignation that's happened is because people have weighed things up and said, you know what? I don't need to see the app boy talking nonsense in my face and getting paid more money to do the job that I'm doing on on their behalf. Nah, not doing it. And people have just decided that they're going to cut and just go. And, yeah. and, and, and then you've got the other side of the coin with people who are consultants who were able to work globally because of, of the mm. pandemic. Yeah. And you, you know, I cannot tell you the number of 2021 and 2020 were the busiest times in my business for a long time. Lots of people have said that to me because they've just, you know, been in demand. So it's been yeah. a, for many people, there's been some positives. Of course, we've had the horrible stuff. The yeah. impact on the on our communities and the number of deaths and mm. the way staff were treated mm. and all of that and, and I yeah. acknowledge that of course I do but if we're in the spirit of what we're trying to do in today's podcast yeah I'm, I'm looking at those shining lights that came through during mm. such a horrible dark time and, yeah. you know, and, and going back to my point Lady C around the fact that what this shows individuals myself included that actually you know, we can be um, creative, we can be innovative, we can be empowered, we are enabled, we can continue to produce at a consistently high level. Um, mm-hmm. And it works, you know, and there's, there's a different way of doing things. You don't have to conform to what's considered the conventional or the standard. Well, when I became a governor, we used to have these long three-hour meetings on the school premises Um, and I say three-hour meetings but then you have committees attached to that so it was never a three-hour meeting it was always three hours and a half three hours and 45 minutes so by the time I'm getting home it's like 10 10 30 you know so I've spent from 7 until 10 10 30 in the school and then when COVID happened obviously we still have to have meetings you do them on zoom and then yeah. I thought, why am I still doing three hour me- three hour meetings? Let's just do the exactly. committee separately for an hour. Yeah. The day before, and then now we're going back into the school. It's a two hour meeting, and you know what? That hour committee has never been an hour since I've changed it to a one hour Zoom meeting. And the two hour meeting that we have, that's a full governor's body meeting, has not since I've changed it. It's not been a two hour meeting because I've made I've, I've managed to make it more effective. Read these papers in advance. Be more. Let's be more efficient with our time because we don't. We don't. We don't all need to be here for this length of time. So yes, COVID is, so now COVID, we we don't spend half as much time sitting there discussing rubbish. We're getting stuff yeah. out of the way and getting on with the rest of our lives. So absolutely, yeah. Sharon, and, and, and such as I was going to say, and it, it's also made me realise that anything is possible. Like yeah. before, if you'd come up with an idea and you think, "Oh, I'm not going to share it," or you know, that after COVID. It's made me realise anything is possible. Anything. So don't be poo-pooing my ideas if I come to you with it or I share or do you know what I mean? You can you can create anything. Because if you told me three years ago that banks would put a pause on you paying debt, they'd give you a holiday. What? I'd say you crazy. You can have a, a they pause you pl- paying your mortgage. Really? You think someone was on crack? Listen, after 2020, I know. Everything is up for negotiation, isn't crack, it? Crack, you know. Crack, you know. Why? Not even drunk, but crack. Wow. Hardcore. Okay, guys. You know, crack. She didn't even talk about actually, maybe I've eaten five Scotch bonnets. That, 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 no, she went straight to crack. Anything is possible. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That, that's been great hearing what, what's what's caught your attention over the last uh, 12 months. And I'm sure listeners, you know, that may have triggered up other stuff for you as well. Um, we're going to go on to one of our regular segments. And then after that, I really want us to think about any Coco sisters that we've read about that's, um, that we want to celebrate today. And, and I'm, I'm, I've got my Coco sister is both my political 10 and the person I want to celebrate. So I'm going to hold that down for now. But the Queen Nicole, shall we yeah. come to you for our mama used to say? <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Come, my mum used to say a lot and I can't remember nothing. <laughs> I literally messaged my brother, yeah. 
And I was like, Ray, what did mum used to say? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, like, if you can't hear, you must feel. Like, what did she used to say? So he responded and he said, well, Nan used to say me and you is not companion. And I was like, okay. I never used to get that because I wasn't rude to my Nan. So he's on his own with that one. But then what my mum used to say to us, funny enough, she was quite liberal. She was like, we should just try anything in life and if try it once. And if you don't like it, don't do it again. Um, and I thought that was pretty good for us because of that fear factor. So that mm. I don't want to do this. So my mum was like, try anything. You can try anything you want to try. And if you don't like it, don't do it again. And she was pretty broad with that. That's what my mum used to say anyway. Um, and I, I kind of took that through and said that to my kids. And we'll say that to my grandkids once they understand, because my eldest grandson's just asking me the bag of questions at the moment. I can't cope. <laughs> uh, I don't want to tell him that. I, the other day I said to him, don't use that tone with me. What's tone, grandma? So I had to turn into an actress and give him four different tones to tell them which one was the rude tone. So now when he uses a tone, I'm like, what tone do you think that was, Kalal? He's like, happy? I'm like, think again, my friend. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so my mum used to say, try anything once and if you don't like it um then you don't have to do it again and that kind of gave us control mm. and that also gave us courage at the same time because it made you think well let me just try it if I don't like it then I just don't have to do it again and stuff. So, so that's my mommy used to say it's not the one of the pastoral ones that my mum or my nan would normally say but that just kept coming to mind when I mm. realized I had to do this one today and especially currently in what I do even though I'm a coach I have my own limiting beliefs and my own ideas like you just said um Joyce around you have your ideas you don't want to share them you don't think they're good enough and then you see that somebody else has thought of it or done it and I think we all have that we, we have this thing about people mind mm. what the neighbors think mind what the people then think mind what the church and when you think about it what people and the who people, are they and the nobody knows they're... who they are and and the people they're talking about are the ones that don't matter <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like them we don't like these people that we're not doing anything for because of the people. <laughs> I, I only had this realisation about two months ago and I rang my brother. I was like, you see these people they've been talking about making me paranoid, yeah? We don't like them. And we don't know them. So going back to do whatever you want whenever yeah. you know and only do it once is because we think about people. When we think about what's actually stopping us, what do you think about it? And I want our audience to reflect on that. When you're going to do something, when you're going to dream big or even small or just do something different, what yeah. is stopping you from doing that? Yeah. And one of those things is people. The yeah. people that your granny used to talk about. It's very done. true. Very it's, true. I, I, I love that mummy used to say, but I would use that as ammunition. Because mum, <laughs> I, I tried the hoovering. I don't like it. That's all no, because my mum had about seven or seven to twelve different belts hidden around the house. We used to, <laughs> so we didn't do the Easter egg hunt yet. Me and my brothers and my sister, we were looking for the belt. Because we know, cause, and then they send you for the belt. This is child abuse. Abuse. <laughs> it? That was abuse, boy. Like, yeah. Go, go and get me the, the. You want me to go and get you the safe? You gonna turn around and beat me? <laughs> really? And you know you have to walk really slow. And you cry know. while you're going. Exactly. And I, because A, I was the youngest, I was a very chubby child, and then I used to walk really... <laughs> <laughs> All rolling on the floor. My mum was not... Did, did not you not used to get double for that then? She just said, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to give you double. You're going to get your brothers as well. <laughs> you know, waddling down the pavement. Anyway. Um, uh, who, um, who else has got... A, um, uh, a mummy used to say that they want to bring into the mix just one more any others because I love what Nicole said just do just try it if you don't like it do it do it anyway do something else I heard, I heard one the other day from a friend and she says her her mum still says now you have to smash a you have to smash an ant to, to find its belly so I said to her mm, okay smash an ant to find its belly which I understand visually yes Good for you. I said, what, what did she say? What, what, what does that mean? What did she say that means? She said, well, you have to smash an ant to find the contents of its stomach. And that contents will tell you what the, what, what the ant has eaten. Now, when you translate that to people, she's saying that actually what that then does is let you know what that person is like. I went, oh, okay. mm. what, 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 what's the heritage? Um, good question. I don't know. I didn't ask. That's what she said. Uh, um, um, her mum says quite often. You have to smash out to find its belly. 
but in, in, in other words to know the contents of a person yeah to know who that person is so you're going to the root you're going to yes. the root of the problem yeah yeah interesting. yeah i'm still a bit confused so what who they are by by the you know by their insides Oh, right. okay. Okay. So the, yeah, show who they are by their inside. So you get to know who the person really is. I mean, visually, that's a bit extreme for me. I get the gist. I get the gist. You know, smash that ant. My little, dis- my little dis- dyslexic mind with my little pictures. I'm thinking, oh, let's pull up the ant, man. The ant is so tiny. Do you like ants? probably looks like his head. Like, <laughs> like ants, though. Do you like ants? No. Do- no. Right. So, uh, okay. As you're speaking, I'm getting to life. understand it more because yeah, do you? Uh, as yeah, as I'm as she's talking, I'm getting to understand it more. Nobody likes ants. And oh, but can I just say, you might not like ants, yeah, but they teach you some lessons. They do. They, they work together, and they save food. <laughs> and if, if listen, if ants can do that, yeah, what about humans? But that's that the very lesson. Point? I'm making, stuff away. That's the very point I'm making. What she's saying okay. is, you break down what the ant, what the ant is, and mm. under, you can understand it. We don't you, just because you don't like something, don't mm. it, break it down and understand yeah. Yeah. what they're about. Yeah. Maybe that's what the adage is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what the, what they show you is yeah. how they are. Yeah, yeah. but because you know what? What the language you use, it sounds like destroy the ant and see what. <laughs> I see what's inside it. I don't think it was about destroying the ant. I think it was more about, you know, like when you do an autopsy, and well, I've never done an autopsy. I've watched programs about it. That doesn't about, sound oh, any better than that. That does not sound an autopsy. <laughs> Nicole's face, Nicole's little mind. If you look at the contents of the person's stomach, it gives, it gives them an indication. No, but it's true. It's it Nicole's face. Of, of what they're the about. I've watched too much. <laughs> CSI, too much CSI with the whole autopsy. You can not say autopsy in this country, you say post-mortem. Yes. Oh. Autopsy, post-mortem, everyone for college. Oh, mercy. Look at the contents of the person's stomach and they can tell you some things. Wow. Can you move on from the contents of stomach? Wow. I don't know, this was just just, just a very, wow. I will quickly tell you my How do you segue into the next bit? Do you want to go to your mama used to say? No, I just want to say what my mama used to say, and I found it most helpful. And I think that, and it was just that there was nothing greater walking this earth than a black woman. Black women are beautiful. And she would tell me that all the time. So I never grew up thinking that I was not attractive or less than my white friends, you know, because she always used to tell me to love my skin. Your skin is beautiful. White people pay money to have skin like yours. They buy products and lie in the sun like rashes of bacon. So when people used to say to me, oh, you, some, well, I remember once when I was young, someone said to me, oh, you're a black bastard. And I, bacon, you know. Easy, Tiger. And I said, oh. do you know what bastard means? And he just looked at me and I said, I have a father. I know where he is. I know who he is. So I can't be a bastard. That's the first thing. I said, and what colour are your trousers? And he said, black. I said, what colour am I? You're brown. So I said, so when you and your family are lying on the grass, on the blanket, under the sun, like rashes of bacon, yes, Lady C. What colour are you you hoping to be? And he just looked at me and went, brown. And I said, well, there you go. He said, you're just jealous, yeah? So don't be calling me names because you wish you could be this colour, you know? You you tell him, you tell him. you know, Listen, Dion, you mash them like an ant. Yes, isn't it? Isn't it? I just, you know, I, I was never upset about being brown. I was, you know, I agree with her. But it's funny you say that, Dion, because my mum was really patriotic. Sorry, I know we're probably going on. So we used to learn like black history from like five every Saturday. And I used to cry and say, why am I darker? Why am I so light? People used to think I was mixed with. I honestly didn't even realize probably how light I was until I got older because of the education the way that my mum brought us up mm. I didn't realize I was so pale in my family and I used to cry but and being I, a black woman is more than just your tone yes it's I know that but as a child I the just, backside that people are paying for the, the boobs that we've yeah, got a good one you know because 
Because when I walk, let her finish. Look, no, let, let Nicole finish. Sorry, point. but I understand. Yeah. Let Nicole yeah, no, finish. No, your point. No, although I'm light, I do have the stereotypical black body. So I've got ass thighs and boobs. I've got ass for days. I've got for six people. So I'm giving out for two. I've got that. But as I say, I just, in terms of, of being a black woman, of course, 100%. And that's what the shades of melanin is just. It's just beautiful. So no, that, that's mm. really nice that your mum has, and that's what we need to do around our hair and our colour and yeah. who we are as black women. That empowerment piece is really important. So there, there, there is a piece of, there is a recognition that needs to be made that it is more than just our tone though, because yeah, you know, because people are paying for the attributes that we have. You know, we spend yeah. so much time bickering about our shades that we don't recognise that we have the traits that we have that people are paying money for to have their yes. lips injected, their boobs, in, uh, in, in, you know, re, um, increased and their bumps enhanced. What? They're, they're what? copying our hairstyles. I mean, imagine people used to call braids Bo Derek hairstyle. Come on now. Can you imagine? What was that? Ruth. That's what that was. Hello. Sorry, Sharon was going to say. What was I going to say? I can't remember Very now. But I will, uh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, um, let's move on to the political ten because I'm dying to talk about it. If come, I on, come on, come on, go on, come on. Talk about the political so ten. The political I'm dying ten. To talk about, like, go on. Come on now. Come the on. Political ten. The political ten, and the sister. I just need to big up right now in the 21st century in this month is the one and only Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson, an American attorney about to be the first black woman ah, on the Supreme Hold on, hold on, stick a pin. So they said, so I, I was so confused with all of this. So she has got it. No, what it is, she's <laughs> one step closer. She is one step closer. Okay. They had a vote in the Senate okay. and it was the yes is one. So it has to go through one more process. And I, I'm okay. just convinced that she's going to get it. I'm just convinced. She and the reason, the reason why I want to big up this sister is, number one, she is literally just three days older than me. Literally. Wow. Yeah, same month, same year. The way she has conducted herself throughout this entire process has been superb. Absolutely yeah. first class. You know what she, you know she reminds me of a little bit? She's got the same kind of demeanour as Meghan Markle's mother. Yes, you know, she just she just holds herself with such poise, and it's like she, it's, it's like grace she can, and grace, and I just admire her to the max. And then I did you see Ted Cruz? Oh my god, he asked her the most ridiculous question. Is that the one who asked her about the baby? Our baby's racist. Our baby's racist, and I wanted to say so when my man who was accused of raping somebody back in the day and weeping on TV and and caterwauling on. Would you have asked him that question? No, you wow. would not. But the way she answered him, oh my God, I had to stand up in front of my TV and I was clapping. <laughs> she was just so articulate and she just nipped in the bud there and then. So much so that the White House came down on him and said, what an idiot question you asked me. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then, and this is the mo- a message for my Coco brothers out there. My Coco brothers, whenever you see a, Kada- a Kataji Brown Jackson, another Coco sister, please, I beg you to embrace the spirit of Cory Booker. Cory Booker sat there in front of his peers and praised this woman. He told her that she was worthy. He told her that she deserved it, that she worked hard, that he sees where she came from. He, see, he knows that her ancestors would have been proud of her. And for a black man to do that if, to a black woman in public. Wow. Come on now. Wow. Like in front of that particular audience. Because exactly. everything, everything happened in that. Because I, I was a bit late to the party because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Because I thought anyway. But what happened there is that her what you just mentioned about how articulate and composed, then you've got the black ally and then you've got the white woman who could have been an ally and chose not to be. Mm. That's right. So you, everything was in there. It was, I'm telling you, man. And every dynamic that we talk about played out, right? So it doesn't matter if you are an admin person in the office in London or you are about to be a nominated, um, a nominee for the Supreme Court. As a black woman, you face it. You will face it at whatever level. Yeah, and so I'm saying for every Kadaji Brown Jackson, I beg that there's that there be a Cory Booker. It's and, interesting that you and if you're the Cory Booker, big up your sister then, <laughs> bigger up. Don't be acting foolish now. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, it's interesting that you should choose her. I think we should also acknowledge that if, if when she is appointed, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when, when. Yeah. she will be the most qualified member of that Senate because she told them. every she told single them. box in terms of qualification, in terms of her education, the experience she's had, the work she's done, she will be the most qualified member of that Senate. And yes, she answered those questions, questions that she could not possibly know the answers to. They were asking right. her. You know, they, 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 it was interesting that they all acknowledged how qualified she was and then mm -hmm. went on to say, but I'm not going to support her. That's right. That's and then right. expected her to know things that they themselves didn't know didn't the answers know. to. Right, right. So it, they were inadvertently praising her even further by acknowledging that she had experience far greater than theirs. But why I found it interesting that Lady C should pick her is that Lady C has uh, is is was was awarded an MBE quite a while ago, and I remember sitting with her when people were saying, "Oh, congratulations! That's really great. You know, she's done lots of really you've done really great work." But I remember sitting with her one day when someone came up to her and said, "Oh, I, 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 hear, I hear you got an MBE. What, what was that for then?" And that was literally their tone. That, wow. I don't even think they realised that they were doing it. There was so much of that with Katanji Brown, where people were like, they'd be grudged mm. the path she'd taken and a position she was in. And this person was talking to Lady C, like, what, how come, how, how come, how come you, you, and I was looking at them thinking, can you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> the whole time sitting there, and then she just walked off. You know, and Lady C, did, yeah, yeah, I, I got it for the work I do with young people. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, then they walked off. And, I, and I, I, I looked at, I remember looking at Lady C and saying, did that, did that just happen? It's, you know, and, this, and, and we're experiencing that as a world with Katanji Brown, where people are yeah. like, they begrudge How, the fact that yeah. she has that experience. How did you get here? How did you get here? Mm. Yeah. You know, what, how, what did you do that was so special that made you to... And I'm thinking, okay. It's there for, but the audit trail is there for all to see because I remember Trevor Noah has been brilliantly following this. And he, I think it may have been him or someone else that did a table of all the Senate judges and the path they have taken to get there. And not one of them has checked every single box in terms of experience, education, mm. work they've put in to get where she is now. But it just goes to also show all the things that she has had to do. She's had to be quadruply more qualified than every other person that's there already. Yeah, absolutely. But it also, but it also shows what privilege does for people. Exactly. Absolutely. You see, the privilege that those men have and abuse, use, you know, positively, negatively, whatever, but they've, they've got privilege. And they, they're not even recognising the privilege that they, they have. Well, yeah. it's their norm, isn't it? It's their norm. Yeah, of course. Of course, and that's why you know they're asking questions that they know they couldn't even answer themselves. <laughs> and why would you ask someone that type of question, exactly. knowing that actually there probably isn't a, you know an answer to that question, or is or a, a detailed but I, but I love the fact that when she's asked things like that, she doesn't even try and answer it. No, exactly. She's like you know, but yeah. I think it was Ted Cruz who even said it's isn't it isn't it reverse racism that Joe Biden's even said that he's going to appoint a black woman. It's not fair. What is that? What is what? What is that? It's, it's mad. So yeah, that's that's my political ten. I know it's not in this country, but you know, Coco sister's a Coco sister regardless of where she resides. Um, Amen. And, to that. Um, Amen. And that's a sister that, that I want to. Sorry. And we have listeners across the globe. That's right. And, that, and that's just a sister I want to celebrate. Amen. I want to, I just want to celebrate. I, I look at her thinking, girl, I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to be like you. <laughs> you see her daughter just her in total, oh. ad and her husband, both of them yeah. just in total admiration. I just thought. And you know who um, that reminded me of as well? Um, Kamala Harris. Yes. Oh. Representation matters, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm just like, there's. There's a certain way we just need to navigate ourselves, you know. And with Kamala Harris, she could do the um that that dance that they all like to do in America every time a piece of music drops. What's that called? That dance? 
Foot dance. With who? Dance, so they'll get together in a group. You mean um, the candy, oh, yeah. candy, candy dance? Yeah, the candy dance. The candy she dance. Can, she can do that, but she can also go to the Senate and do what she got to do. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing about us as Coco sisters. We can just flex. Yeah, we no. can flex. Um, we know how to carry ourselves in the boardroom. But we also have to know how to deal with t- people in the market when they're doing foolishness. Yes. You know what I mean? And I love all of that. I love that. So that's my political 10. I'm done. Tune in next time for part two of this anniversary podcast. This is a sister team. Coco Sisters. It's a sister's team.